We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 47, and um, this is a lot about John, well, it's all about John Whitmer being called to be the new church historian. He's replacing Oliver Cowdery, who has been called on a mission. John Whitmer um, was in the home when Joseph Smith was brought to the Whitmer home to finish the translation of the Book of Mormon. And so he got to witness that and was a part of that and was the secretary for Joseph Smith, so has recorded several things and now has been called to be the church historian. And what I read in the histories is he, would, he really didn't want the job. He was very intimidated. He had a huge insecurity in his writing skills, but said, I will do it. And I just love that he is a great example of wanting to do what the Lord asked him to do. Now, he is one who um, <laughs> leaves the church, and he is excommunicated in 1838, um, so it's about seven years from now. He was a counselor to David Whitmer, and this is what his words say in his history. Um, it talks about due to some temporal move, movements that have not proved satisfactory to all parties, he was excommunicated. Therefore, I close the history of the church, hoping that I may be forgiven of my faults and my sins will be blotted out in the last day and that I may be saved in the kingdom of God, notwithstanding my present situation. And I am really touched by that. I think this was really early on. We are very human people. These people were asked to do a lot of things and I really believe tried with the best of their heart. And the very fact that he isn't, you know, coming out against the church, that he feels his motives were pure and he's praying to be, his desire is still to be with God. And so he's still one with us. That's our desire, right? And God is the judge, thank heavens. And so I love knowing that coming into this because it makes me love John Whitmer and know that he's a human being and it's Elder Uchtdorf's um, conference talk, don't, don't judge me because I sin differently than you. And so I love that. Anyway, so verse 1, um, he is called to be the historian. And verse 2, I really, really love this. And verily I say to you, he can lift up his voice in meetings whenever it shall be expedient. And the reason I love that is it took me a long time in my life. I don't know if you're like this, but as I would sit in testimony meeting and there was silence or as I would sit in class and there a teacher would ask something and there was silence, my I can't handle that. That's like, oh, I someone get up and say something or I've got to get up and say something. It was such an awkward thing for me. And I always felt so bad for the teacher. And so I would hurry and raise my hand. And it really took some time till I realized, and I think I heard it in an institute lesson or maybe a church lesson. Um, I was married and had kids when someone said in silence, that's oftentimes when the spirit is working on people and getting people who normally don't comment giving them the words to say. And I have to say, my husband is someone who really thinks through before he speaks. And consequently, when he speaks, it is very much weighed and measured and very respected. And so he, 
he doesn't speak anywhere near as much as I do. But I can tell you the respect for him is way more <laughs> than the respect for the words that I give. And I remember a few years ago, um, one of my questions before conference was what I needed to do as a mom. I, um, one of my kids was not active in the church and it was just killing me. And so I just was praying, how can I be an effective mom and what would you have me do? And there was a conference talk, and I believe it was Ballard, could be wrong, um, where he said, sometimes the answer comes that we need to just stay silent and we need to trust that our kids know what we believe and just love. And it was funny because several of my kids texted and said, that was your talk. And I do think measuring that second part of the scripture, whenever it shall be expedient, has been something that I have really tried to learn. And so now oftentimes when I'm in a lesson or um, in sacrament meeting, I will pray, please bless those who have things that you would have us hear and learn from, will be impressed to share, and please bless that our hearts will be open to hear and listen to what they have to say. And I also will say, and if there's something you want me to say, please help me to know. And so I just really think that is a beautiful scripture that he, obviously someone who felt that he was not a person that should be called to this calling. I love that it says that, um, speak up, lift up your voice. Obviously the Lord is challenging him and helping him to become more and recognize that he has important things to say. And that's something I think in every calling that we're given, every presidency we work in, that we really have to learn to measure and to lift up our voice when we feel the spirit prompting us and to stay silent when we don't. Sometimes those things that come into our head are just for us to learn from and just to strengthen our own testimony, to bring back things into our mind. And I will say as a seminary teacher, um, times that I left and the majority of the lesson had been the kids' comment were always the lessons I loved the very most and that I walked out so emotional that the Lord had given me an opportunity to learn from them and taught me from things they said. That's the best. And so truly, um, this is a verse that really stands out to me and it isn't to lift up my voice. It's to really measure when to when to lift up my voice and to stay silent a lot more than I am. <laughs> so that's, I really like that. Okay, um... And then verse four, wherefore it shall be given him inasmuch as he is faithful by the comforter to write these things. And so again, it's his insecurity of he doesn't feel qualified to do this. And I love that the spirit he is told in this. Obviously, God is aware of his insecurities. I think it's neat that Joseph Smith prayed on his behalf and that God said, it will be given to you by the comforter to know the things to write. And what came to mind is in 3 Nephi 23, um, verses 9 through 13. And and I, I know this is a command for all of us to keep records. One of the neat things that I have been doing this year in reading my Book of Mormon is I'll, I'll read and I'll write down things that they're testifying of. And then I will write something that happened in my life 
or how I know that same truth to second that testimony. And it's been really cool because it's been really a spiritual history of my testimony and how I've gained a knowledge of truths that the Book of Mormon testifies of. And so having a personal history and just having done my dad's personal history and really getting to read even after living with him my whole, you know, learning from him growing up and knowing him my whole life, um, getting to read his testimony and how he learned things. And without saying I testify of this, but, you know, I prayed about this. It really was such a strengthening thing. And what a treasure for us to have that. I'm so grateful my dad took the time to record those things. And so I really love in 3 Nephi 23, 9 through 13, it says um, right here, Verily I say unto you, and this is the Savior, and he's come to visit the Nephites. I commanded my servant Samuel the Lamanite that he should testify to this people that at the day the Father should glorify his name in me, that there were many saints who should arise from the dead and appear unto many and should minister to them. And he said, was it not so? And then you'll remember they say, yeah, he did. He testified that very thing. And then the Lord says, why is it not recorded? And then they make it right. They add it into the history. And so I do think it is so important that we record our spiritual experiences for our family to have the way we learned our truths, the way we learned our testimony. It's so important and such a treasure for our kids. And I just think that is a great blessing. And I think this um, calling for all for John Whitmer, who totally did not feel equal to the task and felt intimidated coming after Oliver Cowdery, I think what a great lesson for the rest of us. And it comes right off that, that section 46 where it talks about gifts that are given for different callings. God will make you equal to the task. He will give us the talents and the abilities if we are worthy of the Holy Ghost, if we stand in holy places and we are exactly what it says in 46 verse 33, if we practice virtue and holiness before him constantly, we are striving. The Holy Ghost will be our companion and help us be equal to the task, whatever the calling is. And I love that. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much the Savior loves you.